Welcome to the We Be Our podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom's Women's Advancement Commission. Welcome, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom, and you are listening to the We Be Our podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel Bear, a Women's Advancement Commission member and the Chief Executive Officer of STAR. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Mayor Broom. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here again as a co-host and to serve as your uh, one of your commission members. <laughs> I'm here today to introduce our guest, Monica Taylor. Just a little bit of info about Monica. Before returning back to Louisiana, Monica Taylor spent nine years in Washington, D.C., where she served on the legislative staff in both the U.S. House of Representatives and in the United States Senate. Monica went on to serve as the fundraiser and the legislative director for the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, known as RAIN. Monica received her undergraduate degree from the University of Southwestern Louisiana, currently ULL, and has completed 56 hours of PhD coursework in public policy from the University of New Orleans. Currently, Monica works for the Louisiana Department of Justice, where her focus is on sexual assault policy, human trafficking, educational outreach, grant writing, and policies and programs dealing with addictive disorders. Welcome, Monica. Thanks for having me. Um, it's it's an honor to be here. Thank you both. It's so good to have you here, Monica. You, you deal with a lot of tough issues in your uh, role. I mean, um, at the Department of Justice, sexual assault, uh, human trafficking, those are some pretty poignant uh, issues. Yeah, they uh, they can take your toll on you if you're not careful. You have to make sure that you do things to divert your attention to other things. And, you know, I listen to a lot of I have satellite radio in my car when I'm driving. I listen to comedy, a lot of comedy yeah. channels and for things relief. like that. Yeah, yeah for relief. Yeah. yeah. You have to make sure that you're doing a lot of self-care. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. And so. Um, how did you con- get connected to this work? Where did your journey start? So in in the realm of, of sexual assault, um, I, I pretty much answered an ad when I lived in D.C. Um, and for a fundraiser, for uh, so RAIN needed the Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. They needed a fundraiser. And so I started there as the fundraiser. And then I moved on to being um, the legislative director because I had so much experience on the hill um as as they call congress uh, when you live there and um and just sort of kept up with it uh and then when i moved back to louisiana uh the attorney general jeff landry asked me to come work for him and help him um put forth some policies and program management for um sexual assault so i have to tell you um when I heard when I heard about your work, I, I started thinking about that um, television show that's been on for years, the one on NBC that deals with oh, sexual law and order. Yes, SVU. Yeah. yeah, it's so many. 
some horrific uh, yeah. stories in, involved there. And Mariska Hargitay, who yeah. plays Olivia Benson, mm-hmm. she has um, a foundation. She has a, a nonprofit in New York, and they do a lot of work nationally. And we've actually, the Attorney General's office has actually done some work with their with their uh, foundation, That's with her foundation. Yeah, that's impressive. And so, what is one of the uh, lessons you've learned on your career journey? Oh, it's really and truly, I think it's to bounce, always bounce back. Because mm-hmm. I think as as women, um, we're not always heard. And sometimes if we are heard, it's held against us. Mm-hmm. And so it's just being able to pick yourself back up. And, and move forward again. My career has not been a linear experience, um, but it's not if you fail, it's how you react to failure. And I think that's been really important for me to learn over time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> someone wrote a book and they described it as uh, failing forward, you know, right. failing forward. And I think sometimes as women, we, uh, we're we too hard on ourselves sometimes. We know? are very hard on ourselves, and we're hard on other women, too. Yeah. Oh, that's another <laughs> episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're, you're yeah. right. I'm, I, think, I feel like I'm really lucky, though, because at the Attorney General's office, mm-hmm. we have a significant number of women who are department directors mm-hmm. and who are in positions of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have had nothing but, especially in this job in particular, I've had nothing but support mm-hmm. um, from all of these amazing women mm-hmm. who are um, attorneys and who've been in state government for a long time and have a lot of knowledge and information. Um, and I feel really supported, which is a really good environment to work in. And that's a great report, you know, to feel like that in your uh, work environment uh, mm-hmm. with other women who, yeah. that you work with. That That's that's a great uh, testimony. I want to circle back because I, I, I'm still kind of <laughs> connected to the whole issue of uh, uh, sexual assault and trauma, human trafficking and, uh, you know, issues surrounding addictive disorders. What do you think that we can do more uh, individually as citizens and collectively as a community mm-hmm. to address some of these issues. So I talk about this a lot, and I know mm-hmm. Rachel will back me up mm-hmm. on this, and uh, this goes for domestic violence as mm-hmm. well, is you just have to believe a person when they tell you and um, empathize with them, mm-hmm. empathize with mm-hmm. them. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make is that, you know, you somebody tells you something and, you know, if it's a domestic violence situation, you you may you may hear a story on the news and in front of your girlfriend say, oh, I would never stand for that. Mm-hmm. Well, that is sending a message to your friend that maybe you don't know is a victim that something is wrong with them because Mm -hmm. they're standing Mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when it comes to sexual assault. When you're in groups with other women and you're talking, maybe you're talking about, you know, a news story or Mm -hmm. something, or you're talking about something that you read about and you say, oh, well, you know, that would never happen to me or I couldn't believe she did this. Mm -hmm. And that's just not, that is sending messages out into the universe Mm -hmm. um, that is perpetuating this idea that somehow it's the person's fault who has been victimized. And I know you spend a lot of time in in media and things have really changed a lot. One of my pet peeves is when 
the media says that a woman was assaulted. And it's like, you don't say a car, you don't say a house got hit by a car. You say a car hit a house. It should be a man assaulted a woman. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, so it's just little things like that that send these messages to Mm -hmm. people to are victimized. And so we have to change that language. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my biggest response to anybody. And anybody can do that. They can change that language within themselves because you never know the person that you're talking to what they've been through. Yeah. Very insightful, very meaningful uh, information. What concerns me, um, I, uh, two things, I feel like that we need to improve on being more resourceful to people in need. And I know that that takes money right. many times. And I also get concerned, and this is a, one of those topics for another time, uh, I, I feel that we often become desensitized to the tragedy of other individuals. You know, we hear it on the news and we it becomes just another news story and we don't put a face with those uh, stories, right. you know. Right. So. And I think, you know, you talked about the, you know, community and those types of things. One of the things that, and, you know, resources, one of the things that our office does do is we travel around the state and we educate law enforcement mm-hmm. and prosecutors on what a victim is truly thinking, what Mm -hmm. they're going through, what their trauma Mm -hmm. looks like, Mm -hmm. and how that manifests when they're being interviewed. And we have actually been really, and give you a little shout out, we have been actually really lucky. We've had a gentleman who does training for Baton Rouge Police Department who has come out with us and come on the road with us to some different towns and done some training, and he is amazing. Um, And so BRPD has a really good trainer, and they have some amazing people who work in this particular field um, helping these victims. They do a really great job. Well, that's good. A good shout out for <laughs> BRPD. BRPD. So um, now I want to go back a little bit more about you and you've given us so much great information about your career and uh, the work environment that you are uh, Uh, have there and the support that you have from other women Um, what advice do you have for for other women in their professional development and careers I my I think my biggest piece of advice is to um, especially if you're further along in your career is to find someone to for you to mentor we always talk about women getting mentors and you know find if you're a young woman have a mentor but I find as being a little bit older and haven't been done this for a long time is that I like to have people I like to mentor people who are younger and really in some ways they end up mentoring me especially with the changes in social media and the language that is out there that kit that millennials and generation z uses and i think that's very important as i do this work and i talk about um sexual violence and violence against women is that i'm staying up on on the language and the terminology and social media aspects of it and so i think that would be the biggest thing you would be surprised how much you will learn by trying to help someone else yeah what are you most proud of Oh, gosh. Um, I guess, I mean, if I had to pick something like innate in me, it would be my resilience, I think. Um, I think that's probably it. If I had to pick like a thing that 
I worked on that I am proud of. I'm definitely proud of all the training we're doing with law enforcement mm-hmm. in the state. Um, and I love that the attorney general's office has given me that platform. But when I was with Rain, we worked on a piece of legislation. I spent two years working on it. It was, um, it's the Debbie Smith Act or the Backlog Elimination Act of 2005. And it created a funding stream. It's been reauthorized several times. It created a funding stream for states to apply for to get rid of the backlog on their uh, sexual assault Uh, exam kits and to have those DNA samples tested and inputted into um, CODIS. And there's also a piece of that that's an exoneration piece that um, I have actually met two men who were in Angola and because of that legislation um, they have been released. Uh, They were falsely accused and released. And so you know when you see how a piece of legislation you know Mm -hmm. we do this all the time right? We do legislation, we do policy but when you actually get to see how that can change someone's Mm -hmm. lives it's really really amazing. I never told either one of them that I did that legislation though. Yeah, I just didn't feel it was right something that you've worked on uh the fruition the manifestation of it it uh, certainly gives you a boost of fulfillment in that process well let's lighten it up a little bit rachel you have uh, a question for well i just want to thank you monica for being part of this and for everything you do for the state and uh, love that you shared that anecdote about how your federal work actually affected people in Louisiana. That's super cool. So yeah. thanks. Thank you. So we're going to end with something a little fun. Yes. This is something we asked all of our guests. So if you had someone visiting Baton Rouge for 24 hours, where would you take them? So I am a huge history nerd like really huge history nerd. And I live across the street from the Capitol. So we would go to the Capitol and we would go to the top of the Capitol for sure. And I would tell the story about Huey Long and how he was allegedly killed by Dr. Wise. <laughs> That's a story for another day. Um, we would go see Mike the Tiger because I think he is in a very impressive uh, person, a very impressive animal. And I think he's a good ambassador of our city. Um, and then we we would probably um, do a little uh, mid-city, downtown bar, restaurant hopping. I mean, there's so many great places. White Star, um, Elsie's Radio Bar, not to, you know, name all these places, but, you know, end up at Tsunami so they could see the river and uh, BTR for some beer and just, you know, kind of make our way through the city that way. I tend nice. to stay on mid city downtown area. I can hear I can see that. <laughs> great it's a great part of our community. Great part of our community. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. We need you to go and tell someone else about this podcast. Make sure you share the good news. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month, and we invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Thanks for listening to the We Be Our Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission.